Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Kelsey Reed, talking about her newly created role of news coach. What does it mean to have somebody whose focus is discipleship to come and look at what's going on in the world with parents, with teachers, even with youth pastors? Kelsey Reed, next. Kelsey Reed joined God's World News earlier this year in what seems like a first-of-its-kind role, news coach. Coming up, we'll find out about what she does, how God prepared and led her to her job, and where you can find her insights. Kelsey, tell us about your background that you bring to your role of news coach. I would be remiss if I didn't first talk about my experience with my own family. I had two very diligent discipler parents. Mm. Um, My dad is a pastor. Um, He was working on his degree when I was a child. And the experiences that I even had of seminary campus were really formative in my life. Um, It had a chance as the hub that it was Mm. Mm -hmm. to bring me near to so many different people from around the Lord's world. And so I met Mr. Mafume from Africa, and I met um, Mr. Gutierrez from Mexico, and my mom would ask me, you know, what these men's names were because she couldn't remember, but in my little childhood, uh, ear development Mm -hmm. was was learning not only their their language sounds, but their visages and getting an entire world opened up to me um, from my dad's seminary days. I think something of that lodged in my mind, and I think somewhere in in my subconscious, I felt I needed to go to seminary as well. And wanted to recapture some of those experiences. So recently graduated from Covenant Theological Seminary in Mm -hmm. 2019. And the degree that I pursued because of falling in love with it, honestly, I I pursued a degree in educational ministries. It gave me great theology that I I just needed reinforcement and in my adult years of the theology that I had really sponged from my parents all growing up. But I had a chance to make it mine and to work it in some different ways and to apply it in a deeper way of understanding um, what does it look like for us to practice good teaching and learning practices? What, what were the theories that I needed to know, how to bring them into application? And I first started practicing that with my own children. And so another important pillar, mm-hmm. not, not just my family and not just the extended family that I was able to experience at the seminary and beyond, but my own little family where I've had a chance to practice and learn and really be faced with my limitations and to run um, back to Christ. So those are three major pillars um, that formed me and that speak into what I'm doing right now. Well, I want to ask you, of course, in detail about what you are doing, about what a news coach does, but I'm wondering how did God lead you into this role? I mean, it's the first, you're the first news coach that I've ever heard of. Right. And so how did, how did that, how did that happen? Right. Well, it's still blowing my mind, honestly. You know, I, I touch on those touch points of being a family woman and also a seminary trained woman. I thought that I was going to pursue some kind of formal education role. I Mm -hmm. had hoped to choose something that would be complementary to that motherhood role that I'm in. Um, I thought, oh, hey, the the way that a, a 
school year is designed with my children in that school year, why don't I also jump into some kind of, I was thinking secondary education. Mm -hmm. But as with so many, uh, COVID really was a pivot point in our lives as a family. So I went to seminary because my husband went and there was provision for spouses to have a full-time scholarship. Mm. So I was studying alongside of a man who intended to go into vocational ministry, the, the pastorate. Sure. COVID um, interrupted that arc for our lives. Mm. He had been serving for uh, about 14 months in the position he was in. And it was a church plant and he was the small groups guy. And he and I both have a passion for small groups. Mm -hmm. It's kind of our favored educational environment is the small group. Sure. And so we were, you know, diligently seeking to plant a small group ministry at a church plant in Brevard, North Carolina. One of the things that happens with church plants is that we can end up with so many more financial obligations. You see profoundly the Lord's provision in those moments. They are moments of desperation as a a Mm. church is trying to grow and usually end far above their head. Well, COVID just layered on more. (laughs) Right. So my husband, being the third man in, he was the first man out Mm. when they had to do some rearrangement financially. And so we were left in this place of, what are we going to do next? Is it time for us to both pursue full-time work? Should we try to patch things together part-time? I was teaching in a homeschool co-op in the area. Mm -hmm. And a good friend of mine, who is Rebecca Cochran, our managing editor at God's World News, she reached out to me and was like, what are you doing right now? I, I feel like... I have this sense that things have been in transition for you. We are creating this new role. It really requires somebody who thinks educationally. Where are you? We think you might be the mm. person for this role. Mm. So we started having those conversations really almost a year ago. Uh, it was about November, I think 21st is when we first uh, chatted. And she described this new idea that had come out of GWN's rebranding process. You know, we're trying to make sure we continue to serve families and students well. And so we asked a bunch of people in the area, you know, what is needed right now? Mm -hmm. What does this cultural moment call for? And just out of everyone's mouth was the need for another resource, a resource who could come alongside, who could help to give some tools, um, synthesize what is being seen in culture, um, be a voice that's a calming voice, which I'm I'm learning to have <laughs> in my own environment. So it was interesting to think about how she was saying, I think you have the calming voice that we need. And I'm like, really? Okay. Okay. That's that's the father's fruit, the mm-hmm. spirit's fruit that 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 you would even uh pair me with that need. So we started talking about this idea that is coming to to fruition more and more, but at that point was even um, less defined besides this idea, what does it mean to have somebody whose focus is discipleship to come and look at what's going on in the world with parents, with teachers, even with youth pastors. So um, that, that starts dipping in a little bit into what the function of my role is. Mm-hmm. So I can go more into that, but I wanted to let that sit for a minute. <laughs> right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And well, h- h- what is a 
news coach then. You've kind of told us you've got all of this background and Mm -hmm. education, seminary. Uh, Mm -hmm. Obviously, you were or are homeschooling your kids. Yes, I am still partly homeschooling. My youngest is seven. It's not easy to homeschool her from the office. I'm in the office four days a week, Mm. so she is no longer at home full time. But of course, those of us who are uh, robust in our educational mindedness say that we are always the primary educators for our children, mm-hmm. whether they are in the home full time or whether we are parenting them from those forays out into the world and often sometimes re-educating yeah. or processing whatever it is that they mm-hmm. have absorbed and help them to form discernment. Um, that's something, obviously, that I've been practicing at home, homeschooling my 18-year-old 16-year-old, 7-year-old, the girls are still, the big girls are still partly at home. Mm -hmm. But it is that very practice of recognizing that we're going out into the world, making forays into the world for the glory of the Father with confidence knowing that it is His world, that we then come back and we discuss and we discern and we develop wisdom. It's based upon that that we're really shaping our role as disciples at GWN. So News Coach, what does it do? It, it does those things. It, it remembers that it's our Father's world and therefore our world and approaches the heart, maybe first and foremost, uh, the heart for parents, the heart for children, to try to instill confidence and hope. So we're ta- talking about starting from a biblical perspective, um, about having a biblical literacy from which we can then engage the world and develop our cultural or our news literacy. So those are kind of the the ways that we talk about developing biblical literacy in order to develop news literacy. Makes sense. The biblical literacy obviously comes first. Right. De- developing the biblical worldview. I yes. should ask, God's world news, What what is that? For people that have not heard that uh, term before, have not heard of that magazine, and, and it has editions for different age groups. It does. It does. Thank you for asking me about that. I love to talk about what we do in our branch and also to just put it in front of people's eyes again who may not remember that it's been around for over over 40 years. Mm. Our branch was actually the beginning branch of the entire World News Group enterprise. So mm. it began it, with the Presbyterian Journal. I think that's the way it was called, the Presbyterian Journal. Um, I'm not as familiar with that. I was a kid, and so I did not receive that specific thing. But a couple years later, began receiving uh, God's Big World or whatever the version of it was about uh, about 38 years ago. Um, so mm. God's World News started for the itty-bitties, was about talking about the Lord's world for kids as young as five, even then. And so our youngest age group remains. Um, It's God's Big World. That's our our magazine for three to six-year-olds. And so we think, yes, just as soon as you can engage in story, you need to be hearing the stories of what's going on in the world and breathed through the story of, yes, of Scripture, the redemptive story. So then we have two other age levels. World Kids is aimed for 7 to 10-year-olds, and then World Teen, which is aimed for our 11 to 14-year-olds, so our early teens. And then we're hoping that with parental encouragement, they're starting to actually move into our other materials, including World Watch and also World Magazine. So we are wanting, as an enterprise at World, 
to be a whole person in every developmental stage enterprise. So yeah, so that's where we do what we do with our student um, branch. And you are involved as a news coach. You are coaching ultimately parents. Is yes. that right? In how to talk to their kids, how to help kids that's build right. discernment. That's right. So I'm positioned within our student branch, but with the focus group of the adults who are working with those students that we serve. So parental subscribers or parents of our student subscribers get the material that we're calling the news coach material, the material that either dives into, you know, this subject really brings up this discipleship. Uh, idea or concept or theme, or this theme is so tough, let's think about some ways that are important to our discipleship as we approach the theme. So sometimes it's one direction, sometimes it's the inverse as we think about, okay, how do we engage this story or how does this story challenge us to engage? So yeah, I, I stand in that place for the sake of all those layers. So I get to think um, at multiple developmental levels, you know, how does mm -hmm. a parent need to try to think like a three-year-old in order to engage the three-year-old. So that's quite a beautiful puzzle. <laughs> and you're thinking about each of those age groups as well. I try to. I try to. It's, it's, it's a, a challenge. I've seen so many of my mentors do that so well. And I, I love the way that they engage at every level with a great joy for what can be attempted with that level or, or to, to watch as the light bulbs come on at a certain developmental level and know that you can race even more into uh, the subject that you're engaging or the, uh, the learning that's going on. So I, I love having a chance to try it too. So can you give an example of Kelsey, what that might look like in terms sure. of a current event and how you might engage maybe a very young child and, and then even a, a child, a kid, the age of yours or their late teens. Yes, absolutely. Recently, having written on one, the, the one that comes to mind is the migrant crisis. Mm -hmm. We covered a story that uh, on World Watch, our video um, broadcasts its for teens specifically to take in the news. But since I have two teens and a young one, we usually watch it together. And so you're seeing some of the very difficult images that come out of some of those stories. And you have to be ready to engage with any little eyes and ears that are watching. Um, they covered the story of the, the truck where at, I think it was 70 something originally were found and, and only 20 of them survived mm -hmm. this very arduous passage, obviously across mm -hmm. the border in, in search of a better life. Um, Maya listened to that story. Maya, Maya is my youngest. She listened to that story and, she, and the numbers kind of boggled her mind. And she asked me, mommy, how many survived? Mm. And I'm taken away with, okay, how do I help her embrace not just the emotion of this because grief needs to be involved and I want to allow her and even, even stoke her grief. That's an appropriate response. But at the same time, for her to be acquainted with the logic and to be able to create some categories. So I just started, you know, she's seven. She's working on addition and subtraction. Mm -hmm. What did it mean to make those numbers concrete for her? And I asked her, you know, a very quick sum, you know, what's seven minus five? And, uh, and she converted that easily, sweet girl, to, to understanding that it was only 20 who had made it through. Um, so she and I are talking on that level. I'm trying to make some of those numbers concrete. 
Um, and I'm trying to, to talk to her about the reason why people are sneaking in instead of just being able to walk right in mm -hmm. is similar in terms of when we host at our house, we're inviting. You know, we, we might even barely know somebody, but we are still inviting them in mm -hmm. and they're not breaking into our house. So I'm talking on that level with her to try to describe some of the reasons for what happened. Mm -hmm. And by the same manner, my, my middle daughter who's 16, she's there and she's wondering, you know, what is this policy? You know, and this is much more difficult to tackle, of course, to try to help her break down what are the policies that are currently going on with our, our administration? What led us to this point? So I find that with her, I'm actually asking her more questions than I'm telling. I'm asking her to source the information that she already has gleaned either through classes or through other conversations we've had before, asking her to make those connections. So some of that. Uh, is for the as educators out there, they're going to find that familiar dialectic is what's going on. We're we're trying to move into a dialectic method with our older students and and have them remember the things that they have already learned and to apply. Um, they've learned the logic, they've learned the grammar, they know some of the story background, and then the adult who's on that other end of the, the dialogue with them, that, that co-learner, like we, you and I talked about earlier, that posture that we can even choose to have as a co-learner alongside our children, even um, communicated by whether we're sitting down next to them to look at something that we are drinking in together. So we've positioned ourselves as that co-learner and ask them the question and then fill in the gaps for them. Um, maybe we're just a couple steps along further in the information we have, but we fill in the gaps for them in order to continue that conversation. Mm. So that's one of the ways that mm -hmm. I, I seek to model and talk about what we're doing at the different developmental stages. Some things that I've read that you've written talk about attempting to discern the worldview of the of the of the narrative of the piece of of yes. what lies behind it. There's the Christian worldview, and then there. Are, there are other worldviews out there. Yes. Can you talk about why it's what is a worldview? Why is it important to discern sure. the worldview? And then this is a huge question: how how you go about doing that? Sure, sure. Well, I feel like I have a, a very layman's perspective on how to describe worldview. Um, I taught a worldview class very briefly at the homeschool co-op. That's what I was doing right before um, my time at World. And the resources around me are so much more in-depth and so uh, just dense philosophically. So I, I can't make that approach. Mm. That is not where I have uh, my greatest skills. And so, again, I return to the question, in the, the question as the tool by which we ferret out mm. a worldview. And so one of the best ways to start discerning even whether we have shared worldview or perspective on what the world is about who, you know, where did the world, you know, where did it come from? Where did man come from? What, what are the origins? Um, is there authority? And if so, who is that authority? What's the main problem? And what is the solution that we claim to be the solution to that problem we've identified? And really, what are the outcomes or what is the purpose or what is the end game or what is, what comes after? So, when we start asking those questions and hearing how the person across from us or discerning how a story might even be showing, 
you know, what is held to be true about those answers. That's how we're discerning um, what is claimed about the world. What is the perspective that is had on the way the world works? So uh, again, I, I returned to my worldview class. I taught one that was dipping into the religions of the world, the nine main religions, in which they include include atheism actually in that that mm-hmm. nine main religions, which is interesting. But let's like bring up Hinduism, for example. The way that Hinduism might answer that is that the world it, it, it's a cyclical situation where the problem is um, that that we have this karmic cycle that we are stuck in until we solve that cycle mm-hmm. through effort of will, through through uh, balancing out the good in the universe with, with the bad. And if we contribute more to the good in our personal walk, then we will escape that cycle. And that after that life is through, it's an escape into the nirvana, which is really a nothingness. And mm-hmm. right there, we can see how very disparate that is with a Christian worldview. Um, I don't know if you'd like for me to dip into just how we might con- contrast that, but right away we can think, we talk about the problem being a very personal problem mm-hmm. that requires a very personal solution. And is it's a solution that man can't achieve, but that God, a very personal God achieved on our behalf with the end result being not nothing, but everything, a fulfillment, a restoration of everything, uh, first and foremost being our relationship with the Father. So asking those questions to try to drive our children to the heart of the gospel and even to coax their empathy towards what does it mean to build a bridge towards those who need to have the hope that we have. So building empathy is part yes. of victims of Hurricane Ian, for example, or yes. the war in Ukraine, and the, the empathy for those that are going through that kind of suffering. And on the other side, it could also uh, be an avenue for prayer at yes. the same time. Absolutely. I think when you talk about one of the disasters of the world, and, and if we were thinking about it through a worldview that blames it on man, and the ultimate solution is also man, the despair that really is mm-hmm. bound up in that and how we can coach our children to have an empathy towards that person who needs the the good news of this is not your fault. This disaster isn't because you sinned. Mm-hmm. It's because all man sinned and fell short. And he has provided a way back. You you are not the way to the solution for this. Man can't fix the environment. You know, we, we need to seek to steward it, but it is not ultimately in our hands to fix all things. It's in the hands who one who created the hands of the one who created all things. That yeah, it informs our action. It it informs our prayers. This is kind of part of what I was going to ask you next. But when uh, maybe what age group, but but also how to introduce bad news. I mean, crime mm. and, and, and those kind of things. That's such a great question. And I, I would want to say that just because I have certain things I'm going to share, I, I think that that is something that has to be worked out with fear and trembling and with discernment within your own home. And that's not intended to be a cop-out. That's intended to affirm that you are the parent in front of your own child. You know your child well enough to know how their heart's doing, what they can handle, mm-hmm. you know, what is in the context of their lives. But a, a very wise professor of mine also 
encouraged us. This is a man by the name of Jerem Bars, recently retired actually from our seminary. But Mm -hmm. he said, if your child is old enough to ask the question, Mm. your child needs for you to diligently answer the question. So there's a responsibility that we have in terms of engaging the world um, and our children to not tamp it down and tell them, you know, oh, another time, another time, Mm -hmm. but to engage it the best we can at a developmentally sound way. Again, knowing what is in their context, knowing the challenges that are in uh, their context. I, I want to to work towards talking about um, Corey Ten Boom, uh, the the famous example. But yeah. before I get there, I want to talk about the fact that when we approach any learning situation, we need to be aware of the challenges that are in the learning climate. So another one of my uh, my very wise mentors talks about what is a healthy learning climate. It's a climate in which we have enough support that we're supplying, good structures that we have in place to be able to meet with the very real challenges that we have, um, whether it's in our home system. You know, for example, I think of my own situation, our challenges of the last couple of years, maybe in that situation, it's not time to introduce a bunch more challenge. Mm, good point. <laughs> but to, to, to mitigate the challenge that's, a, that's before us. Mm-hmm. And so moving through to, yeah. to the wisdom of Tin Boom's f- father, uh, talking about sexual things and saying, you know, can you hold this heavy piece of luggage? I believe it was a piece of luggage that he tried to hand down to her. Can you carry this? And she said she could not. And he said, you know, let me carry this for a time. So, uh, yeah, we Mm. have to be aware of the challenge that exists. And if we cannot give it to them in a way that they can carry, then then help them to understand we're carrying it for a time Mm -hmm. and that we'll return to that conversation. I think that's the most important piece. We'll return. Well, my guest today on His People is Kelsey Reed. She is the news coach for God's World News. Uh, It's a new position this year. We're talking about helping parents navigate challenging conversations with their kids about current events. And wanted to ask you, what about if you have a a child that just has no interest in current events? Mm. I mean, is this something they're missing? I mean, is there something that's being missed if they are not uh, being uh, helped to engage with events in their world. Sure. Well, I, I don't know of a situation. I can't, I can't fathom a situation where there isn't at least a certain amount of trickle-down effect mm. of the stories that are going on in the world. I, and maybe it, maybe that's uh, cynical of me uh, to, to presume that everybody is getting some kind of exposure. And mm-hmm. even walking through the grocery store, yeah. there are things that you absorb. Um, conversations with peers, mm-hmm. even the youngest of peers are bringing things into conversation that you would, it's hard to believe. Yeah. So uh, I think that um, it is very good for us to allow our children to be children. Mm-hmm. We want to allow them to play and to awaken to the jobs of the world mm-hmm. um, from a place that I hope is one of joy and of childlikeness um, without it being childishness. We need to give them at least story that gives and builds categories for when they ultimately receive news story. And so 
my my dear assistant who's actually in the background here and he he's not merely my assistant he assists me with news coach things but he is a writer in his own right and a parent as well and he writes for the blog a, a wonderful piece about what it what does it mean to encourage our children even through the bad news and for, for them to understand categories that that the world has a story that has brokenness fully uh, present in it and that is being worked through. It gives us perspective. It allows us to pursue hope and to to have those categories in place for when they do ultimately go out into the world. So they don't have to be ready for the news yet. Mm -hmm. They're still getting the story they need. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Kelsey Reed, news coach for God's World News. You can find her articles at gwnews.com slash teachers lounge. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Nathan Rostampour, who came to Christ living with his Muslim family in Iran. Uh, you know, I had this courage to also share with my mom that, yes, I'm also... A Christian I also wanted to do it so I already prayed so let's go to a church and then we went to a church in um, Tehran Iran and uh, they prayed for us they we, we gave our heart to Jesus my mom my younger brother and me and and then we found out that my father had become a Christian even before us that's tomorrow at the same time right here on his people thanks for listening